Greetings. Thank you all for returning to this week's new study episode titled, The Gentiles Receive the Holy Spirit. I am Pastor John, welcoming our returning global audience of unchurched, self-study people, as well as those who are part of a church. For anyone looking for greater depths in God's Word with a stronger personal study, we also extend a warm welcome to all our new listeners here for the first time. Thank you all for listening. May you all be blessed of God. Please note, we have been made aware of an issue with our new website not displaying correctly in any web browser except Firefox. So we will be correcting that very shortly. Please bear with us, and may God bless you all. Our last episode was Peter Raises Dorcas, Part 2, posted on March 12th. We further examined the life, depth, and resurrection of a woman named in Syriac, Tabitha, and in Greek, Dorcas. We noticed that she was well known for her good deeds and acts of charity. We also noted that she performed these good deeds and acts of charity with faith. As good a person as she was, she still got sick and died. Peter did four things not commonly seen in ministries here in America today. Peter sent all mourners and onlookers outside. Peter then knelt down. While kneeling, he prayed. After a time of praying, that is unspecified, Peter turned to the body and said, Tabitha, get up. She does. Like the lame man at the gate beautiful, Peter extends his hand to help Tabitha, Dorcas, fully to her feet. The question here is, by extending a hand to a lame person or one just raised from the dead, are we not exhibiting a degree of faith that should be a part of such things? It is really important to note that he stops praying and then speaks directly to her lifeless body by saying, Tabitha, get up. We noted two scripture incidents of healing, one in the New Testament and one in the Old Testament. We noted also that this method described here was in use for at least 600 years. That means what Peter learned, what we have learned, is nothing new. We also learned that even Jesus... Find out more. Listen to our previous episode titled, Peter Raises Dorcas, Part 2. This week, our study is titled, The Gentiles Receive the Holy Spirit. We see something extraordinary in Scripture as we continue to read and study. Our Scripture continues, While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell on all those who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had accompanied Peter were greatly astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, 
no one can withhold the water for these people to be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we did. Can he? So he gave orders to have them baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked him to stay for several days. From the book of Acts, chapter 10, verses 44 through 48. Starting in verse 44, we notice, The Holy Spirit fell on all those who heard the message. We are told further, The Holy Ghost fell, endowing them with the power of speaking with other tongues. Of this the Apostle Peter makes much in his argument in Acts chapter 11, verse 17. By this God showed that the Gentiles were to be admitted to the same privileges with the Jews and to the blessings of salvation in the same manner. From Barnes' New Testament Notes Notice that last sentence. By this God showed that the Gentiles were to be admitted to the same privileges with the Jews and to the blessings of salvation in the same manner. What this points to is the fact that Jew and Gentile are now one family in God. That is a very tough thing to accept by many, whether Jew or Gentile. Leastwise, here in America, Jews and Gentiles both lay strong and heavy claim to their faith. There's nothing wrong with that. Nonetheless, this creates borders that, in the new family of God, do not exist. For a deeper understanding, there are three things we want to note. 1. What a miraculous power of the Holy Spirit did accompany St. Peter's ministry at this time, thereby giving him an assurance of the future conversion of the Gentiles to the great wonder and astonishment of the Jews, who thought the promise of sending down the Holy Ghost belonged only to the house of Israel. Accordingly, while Peter was thus preaching to Cornelius and his family, the Holy Ghost, by his wonderful gift of tongues, descended on them, the Gentiles, at which the Jews marveled. 2. The conclusion which the Apostle draws from this, for as much as the Gentiles were baptized with the Holy Ghost, he infers that they ought to be baptized with water, and the argument runs thus, They that have the grace signified by and promised in baptism, they have the inward part, or thing signified, why then should the outward sign be denied them? He that has the inheritance may claim the writings, the seals, belonging to the inheritance. 3. The apostle without scruple baptized the Gentile converts, then commanded he them to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. That is, he either baptized them himself or gave commandment to others to do it. And though only the name of the Lord Jesus be mentioned, yet this does not imply, but that they were baptized according to our Savior's prescription. 
in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Matthew chapter 28, verse 19. This done, they desired him to stay some days with them, that they might be further instructed, confirmed, and comforted by his ministry. From Expository Notes with Practical Observations on the New Testament by William Burkett. That says quite a lot, and we are only on the first verse. First, notice what Barnes' New Testament notes told us. The Holy Ghost fell, endowing them with the power of speaking with other tongues. By this God showed that the Gentiles were to be admitted to the same privileges with the Jews and to the blessings of salvation in the same manner. For those of you that have not understood this commentator's speak, the Holy Ghost, or the Holy Spirit, fell, meaning that the Holy Spirit manifested himself in these people and blessed them with the ability to speak in other languages called tongues. Notice further, three things William Burkett told us. One, what a miraculous power of the Holy Ghost did accompany St. Peter's ministry at this time. Two, giving him an assurance of the future conversion of the Gentiles. Three, this produced great wonder and astonishment of the Jews who thought the promise of sending down the Holy Ghost belonged only to the house of Israel. Do you have a ministry as Peter did? If you do, does God give you the assurance of future conversions of the people you minister to? If the answer to these questions is yes, does the conversion of the people saved when you minister create great wonder and astonishment? If the answer to that question is no, this is why we are not seeing the spread of saved people in today's world that we all live in. If that does not happen, then what we see happening now is the result of inaction by God's people. In our Bibles, there is only one Paul who was saved by God miraculously. Reference Acts chapter 22, verses 6 through 21. While this happened to Paul, it does not happen to us, especially today. That is not to say that it cannot happen that way if God chose to do it. However, witnessing to others is the dominant way it is done today. Remember, too, how we act is as much, if not more, of a witness than anything we can say. Also, this is not a reason for us to only witness by our actions. We witness by our actions and by what we speak. Humans are funny. How they act can be very different from what they speak. When that happens, people believe you are a liar. Witnessing and salvation are accomplished by means of social interaction. In other words, it is a more personal, person-to-person -person thing that we even see in our Bibles. That means 
If you sit and watch, you are doing nothing in working to save your fellow men or women. One could wonder, what was God thinking when he put the witness of Jesus in the hearts of men and women if they are not going to rise to the occasion? This invokes a good question found in our main item two. They that have the grace signified by and promised in baptism, they have the inward part or thing signified, why then should the outward sign be denied them? Have you ever heard the modern axiom, an outward sign of an inward change? That axiom was derived from such commentary and any associated scripture that would effectively say the same thing. This is what our commentator is speaking of. Simply put, you cannot have one without the other since one inspires the other. The inward change created by a soul being saved in Christ creates an outward change that we all see and then set or mark with water baptism. Now, notice item 3. This produced great wonder and amazement of the Jews who thought the promise of sending down the Holy Ghost belonged only to the house of Israel. Because the Jewish people have been and still are the apple of God's eye, that is part of why they are first in everything in this fallen world. The Jewish people of the day had some thinking that the falling of the Holy Spirit into people was something that only God's chosen people, Jewish peoples, would receive. Nonetheless, we see that God includes the Gentiles, meaning everybody in the world that is not Jewish and comes into the saving grace of God. The Jewish people are God's chosen people. As some American pastors and teachers tell us, we, the Gentiles, are grafted into the tree of salvation in God. We are grafted in the same way the branch of one tree is grafted into another tree to make a different fruit from this combination. However, this spiritual grafting is not to make a new form of human. It is an example of the fact that God sees all of us together, Jew and Gentile. Now we read, The circumcised believers who had accompanied Peter were greatly astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. From the book of Acts, chapter 10, verse 45, through the end of the sentence in verse 46, for the complete thought. Even during the speech, the Holy Spirit suddenly falls upon all those who hear the word of salvation. The gift of the Holy Spirit, the seal of Christian blessing among the Jews, and the fruit of the work of salvation accomplished by the Lord Jesus is given as much to the nations as to the Jews. The order we find here is, one, hearing and believing the word. Two, then receiving the Holy Spirit. 
3, then be baptized with water. The Spirit is given here after the testimony of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, of which they apparently had not heard. They did know about his life and death, without first being baptized, as would the conversation of the Jews in Acts chapter 2, and without the laying on of hands, as would the conversion of the Samaritans in Acts chapter 8. The Holy Spirit comes upon those who hear the word. Here we see how Gentiles are added to the church of God through the gospel. This is still God's way of doing things. From King Comments Commentary on the Whole Bible. Please note, we are not talking about a church known today as the Church of God. Our commentator is speaking of the whole Church of God that all those saved by Christ belong to and are being added to by salvation in Christ, whether Jew or Gentile. Notice the order of events. First, being saved, then receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and then being baptized in water. Frequently, here in America, I have seen this order different as follows. 1. Hearing and believing the Word. 2. Then being baptized. 3. Then receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Does this order matter? What if it does? If the order in this list is changed this way, do we, or do we not, really receive the Holy Spirit? These are questions most likely without answers. So, with this degree of uncertainty, it just might behoove us to do it the same way Peter and the other disciples did things. Nonetheless, this is one of those things that the church can be divided on causing, at the very least, division and hurt feelings, causing definitive division in God's church. This is where we need to exhibit real care and caution if we do not want to cause division and hurt feelings, leading to a church becoming permanently divided. The big reason for this is that neither divided church body is as powerful as it once was, as one church. The reason for that is, the division and hurt feelings speak to fleshly comfort that does not come before God. Both church bodies need to resolve their issues, period, among themselves and with each other. This is exactly how the devil divides a church body to reduce its strength and power in God. He then uses this division and the hurt feelings to set up further divisions because hurt people are vulnerable people. Their hurt masks their ability to see the workings of the devil in their life and on a larger scale in their church body. I know firsthand because I have seen the results of this very thing. It is not pretty. Churches should only split when they have reached the ability to do so, with a trained pastor and trained leadership 
to pursue a second church ministry. Our Bible then says in verse 46, Then Peter said, Our scripture reads, It then continues into verse 47. So, with that in mind, our scripture reads, Then Peter said, No one can withhold the water for these people to be baptized, who have received the Holy Spirit just as we did, can he? From the book of Acts, the remainder of verse 46 through 47. Commentary helps us answer this question in our Bibles. God is tearing down the borders around Israel. He proves that he accepts the nations. He emphasizes that by linking the wonder of the gift of the Holy Spirit to the sign of speaking in languages, just like in Acts chapter 2, here too this is the sign that God is addressing all nations. This is a sign of believing Jews who are non-believers in a certain respect because they cannot believe that the Gentiles are also accepted by God. The Gentiles receive the Holy Spirit without first becoming Jews. God does not require them to confess that they are unclean because they belong to the nations, but accepts them without condition. They must not even be led into Judaism. They belong to the new herd outside the fold of Judaism. They now belong to the church. For receiving the Holy Spirit, faith alone is sufficient. If God does not attach any further conditions to it, people are not allowed to do so by commanding them to keep the law or something of it. If God then adds to them, to the body solely on the basis of faith through the gift of the Holy Spirit, people cannot deny them access to the circle of believers on earth that takes place through baptism with water. Baptism used to mean that someone was baptized to join the Jewish people. The proselyte baptism. Here, baptism means entering Christendom. Thus, Cornelius and his people are baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. From King Comments Commentary on the Whole Bible. Notice, too, the reference that commentary quoted. I have other sheep that do not come from this sheepfold. I must bring them, too, and they will listen to my voice, so that there will be one flock and one shepherd. From the book of John, chapter 10, verse 16. Here Christ proves himself to be the true shepherd of his church from another property of a good shepherd, which is to take care of increasing and enlarging of his fold by bringing in the Gentiles to it and by breaking down the partition wall to make one church both of Jews and Gentiles. Christ calls the Gentiles his other sheep by way of anticipation, because shortly they were to be so, and united together with the believing Jews into one sheepfold 
And whereas he says he must bring these sheep in, we are to understand it not of a necessity of co-action, but of a necessity of compact, it being a federal agreement betwixt the Father and himself, that both Jew and Gentile should be one flock, enclosed in one fold, and presented to his Father as a glorious church. Hence learn how endearing our obligations are to the dearest Jesus, that he should account us Gentiles who were afar off, his sheep, we being in respect of his eternal purpose, and make it his care, and esteem it his charge to call us home, and bring us into his fold, the church, that we might be saved among the remnant of the true Israelites. From Expository Notes with Practical Observations on the New Testament by William Burkett. In closing, we want to note two things. First, here Christ proves himself to be the true shepherd of his church from another property of a good shepherd, which is to take care for increasing and enlarging of his fold by bringing in the Gentiles to it and by breaking down the partition wall to make one church, both of Jews and Gentiles. Jesus, as a good shepherd, even in these days, is increasing his flock, something he does through us today who are saved in him. This is Jesus doing the work of increasing his flock through his people, as noted here by William Burkett. The end result is, by bringing in the Gentiles, and by breaking down the partition wall between Jew and Gentile, Jesus makes one church of both Jews and Gentiles, something that today's people who say they are saved ignore. Jewish people also help to keep this divide. The second thing we should note is, Christ calls the Gentiles his other sheep, by way of anticipation, because shortly they were to be so, and united together with the believing Jews into one sheepfold. Notice how that statement ends. United together with the believing Jews into one sheepfold. Can you understand that? Today, saved Jews and saved Gentiles should not be at odds with each other. We should, at the very least, start acting as if we were already in that one fold of sheep with Jesus as our shepherd, united by Christ, united in Christ. Next week, we will go backwards to chapter 8. We will look at the Samaritans as we examine our study titled, Philip Preaches in Samaria, Part 1. This is an interesting passage. This is the first mention we see of the laying on of hands, a practice we have seen here in this country. Again, 
another long-term practice. Part of verse 17 reads, Then Peter and John placed their hands on the Samaritans. Why did they do this? Join us next week to learn more. Play or download our episodes from one of our podcast hosts. Or follow direct links to these platforms on our website under the podcast menu item. Details follow. All Bible quotes without a citation are from the New English Translation Free Version. We greatly appreciate our audience. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners, followers, and new listeners. Thank you all so much. We are very pleased to serve a diverse international audience. Please share our podcast with family, friends, and others you believe would find it a blessing. This study podcast is a wholly self-funded outreach presented by the Church of the Unchurched. Currently, an all-electronic Boston-based outreach uniting the community of lost, searching, lonely, and forgotten in Christ. If you are visiting for the first time, welcome, and God bless you. If you are unsaved, we truly hope you find God as well as receiving Him as Lord and Savior of your life. Please find a short link to our episode titled, How to Be Saved, at the bottom of any episode description. To learn more about us and who we are, give our episode titled, Introduction, About Us, Who We Are, a listen. In that episode, you will learn more about us, who we are reaching out to, our mission, vision, ministry, and more. Again, a short link to this episode is found at the bottom of any episode description. Find our website at our new address, https colon forward slash forward slash the church of the unchurched dot org. Please type the church of the unchurched as a single word with no hyphen in unchurched. Our mobile, tablet, and desktop compliant website has more information, links to many of our podcast platforms under the podcast menu item. We are found on podcast platforms like iTunes, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, and Spotify to name a few. We refresh our feeds with every weekly episode upload on Sundays, East Coast Time, USA. These sites update our feed within 24 hours of our refresh. Our RSS feed is syndicated on many popular podcast RSS feed platforms. Find us on a preferred platform to follow us as we continue to grow. Now to Him who is able to strengthen you, to the only wise God, through Jesus Christ, be glory forever. Amen. Until next week, this is Pastor John for the Church of the Unchurched.